This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Time for another edition of Penn State Blitz and the Penn State Blitz podcast. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by Greg Pickle. And happy Kentucky Derby week, everyone. I know it's a big week for Greg and I. We're going to attempt, before we give out our picks, to talk some Penn State football. There is some news. He couldn't help himself. Donald Trump has gotten into the middle of the Big Ten decision to postpone football in 2020. We'll get to that. And also, the official Big Ten vote was revealed as far as the postpone. We'll talk about what we think about that. We're going to get to, is there still any chance, Greg, that... There could be football maybe later this fall or around Thanksgiving. There's a lot of there's a lot of reports out there about possibilities. I don't know how well sourced they are. We're gonna talk about some former Penn Staters in the NFL. We have a former Penn State kicker, Sam Ficken, who uh, had a really nice year for the Penn State team in 2014. I believe he has won a kicking job. Also, Marcus Allen. Former Penn State safety, doing some good things with the Steelers in a hybrid role. We'll talk about those two. And then we're going to close with some, uh, hopefully some Penn State questions and comments in the mailbag. And then Greg will give you his lock of Kentucky Derby Saturday so all you guys can make money. We've got to start with, I guess it's not that surprising as we get closer to the election that Donald Trump has kind of weighed in on the Big Ten decision to postpone football. It would appear earlier this week he had a conversation via phone with Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner. Uh, Judging from Donald Trump's tweet, Greg, he feels like it went really well. What did you think of the tweet, and what do you think maybe of any potential impact Donald Trump would have on maybe restarting the Big Ten season? Yeah, I guess my first reaction, I think it was you who alerted me to it. My first reaction was, what? Why? And then the more you thought about it and the the, uh, states that are represented in the Big Ten um, ahead of the November election, it certainly made a lot of sense. It might be great to talk with Kevin Warren, but at the end of the day, and we can blame him a lot for the way this was communicated and everything, it was the presidents and chancellors who made this call. So it might be better served calling them now. If Donald Trump claims he can get access to the Big Ten, the testing resources, and Kevin Warren can confirm that and then actually get the testing resources, then maybe that would be something that could change the Big Ten presidents and chancellors' mind. But I don't think otherwise it's going to have a big impact on where this thing is going next. You know, again, if it really did come down to medical uncertainties, which is what we've heard leaked over and over and over again, then I just have a hard time seeing that changing soon enough unless, again, some this rapid test they've been talking about, the saliva test, if that is fast-tracked. But, you know, there's a lot of people that need that test, and I just don't know if the Big Ten is going to be first in line or any college athletics program for that matter. And then you have to wonder about the cost. You know, Dan Patrick's been really keyed into this thing, and he was saying on his radio show Wednesday morning that more or less – There might not be every Big Ten team that plays if there is a resumption this fall 
And it really comes down to the haves and the have-nots. And the ones that can afford to do all of this stuff are probably going to push to play. And let's be honest, those are the ones that could maybe make the college football playoff. Whereas if you're a team that has no real chance to make the Big Ten title game or the college football playoff, and you already voted not to play, I have a hard time seeing what logic you would have to change your mind. Yeah. Uh, Just moving forward, Greg, do you think, number one, as we get closer to November, and if there's no real movement or response from the Big Ten, do you think Donald Trump is done tweeting and football season? And number two, how much pressure do you think will be put on the Big Ten? I guess we could throw the Pac-12 the, the Pac in there, but especially the Big Ten because of the election. If the other three conferences kind of get off to a pretty decent start to their season, whether it's in late September or early October, do you feel like the screws are going to be tightened, I guess, is my, is my question for you. Yeah, the tweeting has definitely only begun, and it will only intensify if those three conferences actually do start as planned. So Big 12 and the ACC set for that September 12 weekend start, whereas the SEC is September 26. So we're not too far away from finding out. And as it relates to that, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, that was always going to be the risk. And I guess the good news for the people in the uh, Pac-12 is that no one really seems to care that they canceled. So I had to take that for what it's worth. But uh, no one seems too terribly upset about that, which I don't know what that says about that conference. At any rate, you know, the other thing, too, Bob, is that when the Big Tens, you know, when all these dates start get leaked out, they're getting leaked out. They're from coaches or maybe ADs. You're not from the people who are making the decisions. And it just makes the league look even worse because why weren't they discussing these possibilities before making the move that they did? That's just one thing that's really hard to fathom. And again, it just didn't seem, I think a, the AD Nebraska, Bill Moose, told one of the newspapers out there, probably the Journal Star, that there was miscommunication between the Council of chancellors and presidents and the athletic directors and the coaches and that that won't happen again so uh, i guess that tells you all you need to know yeah um let's let's move it along just a little bit we're still going to talk about the possibility of a big 10 season and we touched on it a little bit greg but and also i just wanted to add that we we learned that as a result of the nebraska lawsuit the players the eight players that essentially sued the big 10 I guess it was it was came out via source or via a Big Ten statement or via a brief that the actual vote to postpone the season, not delay it, was 11 to 3. And it was Nebraska, Iowa and Ohio State were the ones that wanted to delay it, not postpone it. Everyone else, including Penn State, voted for the postponement. I don't think it's a huge surprise who voted to delay and who voted to postpone. but. In your mind, if Penn State and a couple other Big Ten teams or say 80 percent of the Big Ten teams wanted to start up, you know, in mid to late October or even Thanksgiving, what what would be the biggest obstacles you think in your mind? Number one, the way the word postponement is going to be referred to moving forward is going to be fascinating because keep in mind, as long as the Big Ten starts one day after they were scheduled to start, all the presidents and chancellors can say, well, we did postpone the season (laughs) one day. So just watch how that starts to get thrown around because everyone's going to want to start saving face at that point. To me, Bob, as far as I know, Penn State was not the only school that let guys go home. And James Franklin even mentioned this when he said that he went down to Florida to be with his family down there after the news came out. 
And if those guys were all doing remote classes, which is a possibility, there's no guarantee that they came back. Now, I'm sure that most, if not all of them, did because of the 12 hours a week that they're allowed to spend with the coaches and stuff. But to me, I guess the question would be, you have to start the quarantining thing at some point again and the testing thing at some point again. So that's going to have to restart it. I know it's continuing. In fact, by the time this podcast is out, there will be probably another update from Penn State in regards to its latest testing info. I think that, again, that's going to be a problem. Did they stop buying things like testing supplies or whatever is needed because they didn't think they'd have a season? If they're still releasing testing info, I doubt that's the case. But maybe they don't have to test as many people as they did before. We don't really know. So I think that that supply chain might be an issue. And again, restarting the whole quarantining process so that way you can start practice again, to me, would be the biggest obstacles. And when you talk about that OC-10 date, I think you have to almost start that next week. It just seems like too quick of a turnaround. Yeah, I would agree. All right, we're about halfway home here on the Penn State Blitz and the Penn State Blitz podcast. Bob Flounders and Greg Pickle talking, Greg, before we move to some former Penn Staters in the NFL. I think you have to get the viewers and the listeners up to speed about this podcast and this blitz and how how we can how we can make it better and how they can subscribe so we can get over two million subscribers. I know we're close, but what 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 can they do and how can they how can they how can they listen to this and how can they see it? Yeah, so let me get you up to speed. That's my email alerts going off, not yours. So I'm trying. I thought it was mine. Nope, it's me. I could tell you were looking every time it dinged, so I just figured I'd let you know. So if you uh, you couldn't see Bob's face, if you're listening to the Penn Live Penn State Blitz podcast, but you can always find that at Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your audio each week. Bob, we, had a, we did get some feedback this week. Somebody would like the date added to the podcast title. So our guy, Mark Pines and Joe Hermit, they're going to take care of that. You can always leave us feedback about whatever um, you want to hear us talk about or whatever is bothering you, and we'll try and fix it the best we can. And then of course, the Penn Live Penn State Blitz video is always available at youtube.com slash State, and you can subscribe there and leave, co- leave comments there as well. Okay, so let's continue on. Penn State Blitz, Penn State Blitz podcast. We're rolling on. Let's talk about the NFL season is a couple weeks away. That is that is one thing we are fairly sure of. There's a there's a nice little representation of Penn Staters in the NFL. There's some popular former players led by probably Saquon Barkley, Chris Godwin, Sean Lee. There's a very good representation. But let's talk about some players that maybe not as well known maybe to every Penn State fan, but I think some diehards know these players pretty well, and it looks like they're both making moves to try and either increase their value to their current teams, or they just want jobs outright. Let's start with Marcus Allen. He was a safety at Penn State, actually played for four years, played very well, big safety, uh, very productive, especially against the run. He eventually was taken in the 2018 draft. He was one of two safeties taken in the 2018 draft. I think he went in the fifth round. I think Troy Apke went to the Redskins in the fourth round. But Marcus Allen, the first two years in the league, it was kind of a learning experience for him. Didn't do a lot. I think they liked him, but they, they wanted to see if maybe he could become a, bit, a little bit better player down the line. So they invested in him. 
And in year three, you're hearing a lot of good things out of Steelers camp about Marcus Allen. I don't know if he can start because Steelers have pretty good, a couple of really, really good safeties. But Marcus Allen, they're using him not only as a safety, a top safety reserve, but also as kind of a hybrid linebacker. Not better late than never, but it, it took him a little while. I'm glad that the Steelers were patient with Marcus Allen. Do you think this is only the start of something big for Marcus Allen and the Steelers? I do, because if you read into the comments, they have him doing the thing that he loves to do and that he probably did best at Penn State, and that's come into the box and hit people. And they put him in that role now. And so if he's going to continue in that role, then obviously uh, I think that this would only be the beginning for him because they are now putting him in a position of strength for his skill set. So. Yeah, I would have every reason to think that's going to be maybe the jumping off point for his NFL career. Yeah, and, uh, you know, in, in this day and age in the NFL, you use a lot of five DB sets. They have a great center fielder and safety at Minka Fitzpatrick. They have two good, really good corners. So I, can, I think there is a world where you see a lot of some Steeler three safety sets and also injuries are another thing. He's a young player, great size, 6'1", 215. So good for him. I think he can help them. Uh, I think they can also he can also help them on special teams. So we'll see what Marcus can do in the Steel City in the fall. And let's talk about talk about Sam Ficken, who's won the Jets job. I know he's a kicker, but uh, he made some big kicks at, for Penn State in 2014. And it's nice to see him. He's another guy who's who's kind of hung around and you know he's kind of tried to get better as a kicker. You know, obviously he wasn't drafted. He's been with a lot of teams. He's been cut a lot of times. He's been in a lot of camps. Now he's going to get to kick for the New York Jets. And will you be taking him on your fantasy? I don't know if I'll be taking him on my fantasy team, but uh, it is impressive how if you think back to where he was at one point in his Penn State career, you would have never had said that he'd still be in the NFL in 2020 ever. Um, And so just the resilience of that kid, I think, is what makes a lot of Penn State fans really appreciate him and root for him. And so it wasn't a great surprise to see a lot of outpouring on social media when the reports came out that they had cut the guy he was competing with, which handed him the job. Now, look, I mean, I think he made 70 percent of his kicks last year with the Jets, so it's not like he was untouchable. So I'm sure this this won't be the last time he has to compete this year, but one step down and out of the way, Bob. So it was, uh, you know, obviously uh, good news to see that uh, for a guy that I know a lot of Penn State fans really appreciate. Yeah, and real quick, since fantasy football drafts are ongoing, Greg, I know you're a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. What would you what would you project Miles Sanders' season like as an Eagle? Is he a must-have if you can draft him, or he's a little banged up? And sometimes Doug Peterson likes to use a couple different backs. Where are you on former Penn State or Miles Sanders as a fantasy player this year? Yeah, I think I'm high on him, but I'm not high on you. You just said it. I mean, Doug Peterson can get a little bit squirrely with his running back usage, and it can be hard to project what's going on, but they don't have exactly the the world's deepest running back room. So I like him this year. I, I would take him if the right spot presented itself. I think he's going to make a lot of people very happy this fall, both Eagles fans and fantasy owners. All right. There's only one thing left to get to here on the Blitz, and that is the Penn State slash gambling mailbag for this week. Greg, what are your Penn State questions and comments? Let's see if we can solve some problems. 
Yeah, all of the mailbag comments that came in related to the first three downs of the podcast. But let me run this little factoid by you. So, again, if you heard the email dinging alerts going off, Ira Lubert has won a mini casino license in center to put in Center County within 15 miles of Unionville. Bob, if there's a mini casino near Beaver Stadium, would you consider leaving a little early to stop in to play a little bit before kickoff? <laughs> Greg, how early, if it's a noon kick, how early would our would our drive have to start from Harrisburg to get there a little early before we get to our pregame duties at Beaver Stadium? We'd be leaving Harrisburg at like four o'clock in the morning. Now, having said that, you'd probably be in because you would want to check out that casino. But Ira Lubert, former Penn State wrestler, very accomplished businessman, I believe in the Philadelphia area. I hope I have that right very big supporter of the Penn State wrestling program. And I think he, that's not the only, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, I think he might have some interest in another casino closer to Philadelphia. I think it might be the one, is it Parks? Yeah, he was originally a part of Valley Forge, but no longer. So now he's back in the casino game. All right, well, I will be curious to see if there's a casino near State College, and I can only imagine what that might look like. Once the coronavirus pandemic has quieted down and hopefully people are allowed to roam as they please after a Penn State game, a noon kick on a Saturday, what a casino might look like at like eight o'clock at night anywhere near Beaver Stadium. Yeah, it would be pretty fascinating to see. One Penn State question before we get to the Derby. Yeah. There's uh, Dan Patrick, the radio host, said today that he's been told by the same person who told him first, as far as I can recall, that the Big Ten and Pac-12 would cancel that. Starting October 10 is the cutoff date to be a participant in this year's college football playoff. Are you buying or selling it? That's the case. That they would have to start by October 10th or that they could start by October 10th? That they could start by October 10th. I think they could do it, but the, the turnaround would have to be pretty quick. I just think, though, that if it's a quick turnaround, that's not really something the Big Ten, they seem to be very methodical, very, it doesn't seem like they're really built to do that, especially at the presidential presidential level or with the Big Ten commissioner that I don't think they can afford to rush everything after they waited five months to postpone the season like about three weeks early. I do buy, though, that if you want to play in the fall and you want to be part of the playoff, I think that part probably is true. It would have to be by October 10th. I just think that's a very, very narrow window, and I, I don't know that the Big Ten is equipped to move that quickly. They certainly have not move that quickly since March. So I'm going to have to say, yes, if you want to be in the playoff, but I don't think the Big Ten can do it. All right, let's finish it up with this. I like price shopping. I'm not going to find one this weekend. It's tis the law for me in the Kentucky Derby, Bob, the first Saturday in September. That feels so strange to say. Where are you coming down on the Derby this year? So you're going to bet a horse that's two to five? I was going to bet him. I'm just saying that he's the winner. I know you're not going to pass on the Derby, so I know you must like, you're going to be trying to sniff out a couple of bombs. I'll, I'll say this. The horse that I've liked all along was Honor AP. I find it fascinating that the top three betting choices are going to be the three outside horses, 16, 17, and 18, Honor AP, Tis the Law, and Authentic. I think Honor AP, his start two races back is good enough to give Tis the Law all he wants. He's a talented horse. He's bred for the distance. He's working out good. He's got a very good trainer. I think his last race was a prep. I think if you can get him at six or seven to one, at the very least, 
it's a cold exacta probably for me, honor AP and tis the law. But I'm going to give out, I'm going to give out for our viewers and our listeners two horses just to watch. One of them is not so obvious. That's authentic. But the way that Bob Baffert has been training him, I would not be surprised. Everyone's kind of written Bob Baffert off after Charlatan and Nadal got hurt. I think he's a little overlooked going into the Derby. A lot of people don't think authentic can get the distance, but I wouldn't be surprised if the pace of this race is a little slower than people realize. And if this horse, this horse gets out and gets on the lead and he can slow it down just a little bit, he might be a little bit tough to catch. I think he's a, a shot at a piece, Greg. One other horse, it's my, it's my price play of the Derby. I'd like him to hit the board in the top four. Attachment rate. I think you could get 50 or 60 to one on him. I think he's better than that. I'm going to be using combinations of those four horses, but I like Honor AP the best. All right. Well, if Bob's not here next week, folks, you know that he won <laughs> and has left us. So we will, you'll have to check back in next week to see what happens. 